This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello and welcome back for a second series of Gosh Pods Goes Green. In this series, we are focusing on the important issue of air pollution. Over the next eight weeks, we will explore the impact of air quality on our health, factors contributing to air pollution, and start to think about what we can do as individuals and as healthcare professionals to improve our air quality and advocate for change. In the final episode of this second series, we are keeping our attention at GOSH and speaking to two of GOSH's green champions about a recent initiative that they've been involved with, incorporating air quality data into our patient records system. Hello, I'm Charlotte Adams, Sustainability Delivery Project Manager at Great Ormond Street Hospital. I'm delighted today to be joined by Nicola Wilson, a lead clinical educator at GOSH and a green champion, and Johanna Anderson, a senior configuration designer on the EPR team at Great Ormond Street and one of our green champions. Johanna and Nicola are going to talk to us today about the work that they've been doing to help clinicians at GOSH have conversations around air pollution. Thank you both for joining today. It's lovely to be here. Johanna, first, would you like to tell us a bit about your role at Great Ormond Street Hospital? Yes, sure. I work as a senior configuration designer in the electronic patient record team here at Great Ormond Street Hospital. I work mostly with inpatient clinicians on clinical documentation in the system. The main focus is working on different documentation tools and making improvements and new designs. Thanks for that, Johanna. Nicola, would you be able to tell us a bit about your role at Great Ormond Street and what you do here? Certainly. So I'm a lead clinical educator here at Great Ormond Street. And what does that involve in a day-to-day basis? So I have a team of nurse educators, one person for each specialty who will teach postgraduate nurses about their specialty. So my neuro one will teach you about how to care for a child with a brain tumour after a massive operation, whereas my endocrine and metabolic educator would teach you all about the studies that they do to make sure that our patients have the safest pathway, really. So my day-to-day could look completely different. Some days I'll be having one-to-ones and supporting my teams. Other days I'll be lecturing. It's an interesting job. changes completely from day-to-day. Thanks, Nicola. That's really interesting to hear about what you do at the hospital. I guess what brings us all together is sustainability. So it'd be really interesting to understand what sustainability means to you and why you became a green champion, Nicola. So certainly with my day-to-day job being all around education, so that conveying knowledge to staff and hoping that that helps improve patient care and make sure that our patients are safe. But education only goes so far in changing process because you want a behaviour change as well. And I really find with sustainability, that's just one of our most massive challenges. We need to firstly start by teaching people about why it's important, how they can get involved. But we also need to ingrain and change our everyday today work when it comes to sustainability. So many of our methods and processes. So I feel like my background skills hopefully transfer quite well to this and that responsibility that I've always got to the patient and I think our future generation. I think that's why I've kind of lent towards sustainability. Johanna, would you be able to tell us a bit about how you got involved in the Green Champions Network? Yes, for me, I've always 
really been very passionate about climate change and all the issues around it since I was a, a child, basically. And then about 20 years ago, I did my master's in geography, and that also taught me a lot about the impact of climate change and all the issues around it. So then starting at GOSH, I became very involved also in looking at the health impacts of, of climate change and understanding what all the things that we could do. Thanks, Johanna. So when it comes to air pollution, I think this is something that Great Ormond Street has been aware is a, is a really impactful health issue for a while. We worked with Global Action Plan on developing the Clean Air Hospital Framework. And that's been really successful with Green NHS kind of suggesting that all trusts take this up. I think kind of the next step naturally for us was to kind of understand how we could embed air quality in our day-to-day work here at Great Ormond Street. And I know Mark Hayden mentioned this a bit in our first podcast. And both of you have come to the EPIC postcode data project from different angles. So I was just wondering from an education point of view and a technological point of view, how the project developed. Yeah, so Mark is someone that inspires you when he talks about this. And I think everyone will have captured that from hearing him in the first podcast. And I suppose I came at it from two different perspectives. One was being captured by Mark and and watching what the hospital had already done and also the ride for their lives that our clinicians did up to Glasgow for COP26 was really inspirational. I don't think I could have made it myself, but I was really impressed that they did. A second thing, when you hear the story of Ella Kissy Deborah, actually she lived really close to me. And so there is a personal impact there. You know, I, I live in an area of really high air pollution and I work in an area of really high air pollution. So I've got responsibility to me, my family and my patients to do something about this. And I think that we're quite well placed here at Great Ormond Street. Yeah, Hannah, I guess from the technical point of view, would you be able to break down for us what we've actually done with our electric patient records and implementing the postcode data for air quality into that and how that is displayed to our clinicians and how it can be used? Yes, so we started elaborating on this idea a few years ago when the coroner's report came out from Elakissa Debra's death. And we started to think about how can we empower clinicians to know more about air pollution and effect of health and therefore help their patients better. So we thought we have an electronic patient record, which all our clinicians use, and it's quite a sophisticated system. And we saw a scope that we could actually embed something in that. And our clinicians are very data-driven. They want to see facts and so on. So we saw some data from Imperial College. They have done some extensive research on air pollution over the years. They had a great database mapping all UK postcodes to PM 2.5 and NO2 pollution levels around countries. So we work with them and they very kindly shared the data with us for free. And we managed to use that data and then import it into our electronic patient record system and mapped it to each patient's postcode. So by having that in the system, we could then decide where we wanted to display it. So we display it within the patient's record itself, 
in what we call the storyboard, this kind of high-level index of important information for the patients, such as their NHS number, and the infection isolation, etc. And we also there have the air quality alerts, which displays their data. So you can see the level for each patient, what excites the PM2.5 and NO2 values are where they live. And the alert that we display in the storyboard is based on the level set by the World Health Organization. So it's the recommended level. This then enables the clinicians to view this and also educate themselves. So having it in the storyboard as a display, not only did we just want to display the values, which is what would that mean if you're not familiar with it? But what we have is something we call a hover bubble. So if you go with the mouse over this air quality alert, it opens up a bigger window. And within that window, we implemented lots of resources. So we have educational resources in deaf clinicians. And those resources that Nicoline's been working really hard on and can explain a little bit more about. We also have information around why we are displaying data there. And we have some actionable resources, such as links to advocacy letters that clinicians can decide to write to the patient with information on air pollution. That's really fascinating, Johanna. Johanna's mentioned some of the educational resources that are now on EPIC. Would you be able to tell us a bit more about those, Nicola? So from an education perspective, I suppose, like I said, you can't just teach people about air pollution and hope that that makes a difference. It's one thing knowing all of those issues like Tom Parks talked about and how it impacts our health. But how do you support patients through that journey? And how do you make sure that people are left with what we call an active hope? So that actually our patients go away knowing what they could be a part of to do and to improve their lives and reduce their risk. So that's really, really important to me that we don't kind of just give a doom and gloom message, but actually we're able to impart some hope there. So really from an education perspective, linking in with Johanna remark, once they've done all of the brains and the technology behind it, how do we make sure those clinicians understand the issue, but also feel equipped to be able to have conversations with patients around air pollution in their specific areas? So how would it affect a patient that's in respiratory and having a lung transplant versus how would it affect our patients in the ankle care? I think they're all very different conversations that our clinicians need to be bold enough to have. So from an education perspective, I've put together some resources that they can link in with that hopefully help them and signpost them to enough research and evidence on this topic. Short videos, really interactive things that they can use. Um, and that they can all get from hyperlinks on the EPIC, so our electronic database. Johanna's done the magic and, and they all link in brilliantly. But also looking forward, what else can we do next? So there's some great work happening at the Royal London, where a team there are doing simulations to empower clinicians to have those conversations. And they're literally simulating, how would you do a respiratory assessment and then follow that through with a conversation about evolution. And that's something that I would hope that we'd be able to record those simulations so that it can reach a wider base and we can encourage more and more clinicians to feel happy in this space. 
it's a really amazing project and I think it's something that people have really been interested in and we've had a lot of people contact us about it. So I guess from an educational point of view, what are the next steps for the project? Well, I've been really lucky to link in with Abigail Whitehouse at the Royal London, but also in the team that run the Clean Air Clinic up in Alder Hay. So there's some really fabulous clinicians out there doing some work already and really making changes to their population. Next, I think what we'll do is really work with Camden, our local area, and see what we can do to help support our own neighbourhood and how we be a part of that. I think there's also some really interesting stuff that we need to explore a bit more. We've got all of this data alongside our children's health conditions. So how do we work with our digital team in our drive? So our Centre for Digital Advancement to see what this can tell us about what we need to know, what we need to prepare for the future and how we can best care for our kids. I think we're a really aware that now we have this data for all of kind of the postcodes across the UK. And we want to make sure that it reaches other hospitals and other people so that everybody has access to this data. Yeah, Hannah, would you be able to tell us a bit about how we've been working with other hospitals on this? Yeah, sure. It's really interesting because, as you said, our ideas really spread. People are interested in it. It's seen to many, you know, hospitals that got Epic, for example. Well, if you can do it, then surely we can do it. So we have been approached by various different hospitals and some hospitals have already started building this. So for example, guys in St. Thomas's go in line with Epic in October, November time this year. They are going to display their air quality data as well. It's even gone so far to Europe. So we were approached by Amsterdam, big hospital across there. It's got Epic and they are very keen to do a similar thing, obviously, using the bunch data. I think it's really obvious from listening to you guys speak that you're both really passionate about sustainability, especially within the hospital. So it'd be really interesting to understand from you both what you'd like to see happen sustainability-wise within your departments over the next couple of years. Nicola, would you like to go first? Yeah, well, I feel like Time is not necessarily on our side, not only from the global perspective where we're nearing tipping points or over certain tipping points, but also from our own targets that we set ourselves. So here at Great Ormond Street, we've set ourselves a target of being at net zero by 2030 for all things within our control. So that's like, that's only seven years away. So I would like to see sustainability being something that's just naturally ingrained in the trust, something that comes up whenever we have questions about quality care or our metrics, you know, we shouldn't just be talking about finances and how we keep staying financially sustainable, but also how we environmentally sustainable. This is so crucial to our population, our children's future, that we need to ingrain it in all of our care decisions as well. Yeah, Hannah, what would you like to see happen in your department over the next couple of years? Well, I think looking at EPR itself, obviously we are working on the electronic patient record, but it's part of something bigger. Look at digital transformation, which is a huge driver of what we can utilize technology and digital initiatives to support our sustainability agenda. There are so many potentials that I think we should just start to explore 
huge, but it's definitely doable. Johanna, how can other staff members working within electrical patient records get more involved within sustainability in their hospital? Yeah, I think anybody, of course, is welcome to become a green champion and get involved in other uh, initiatives across the trust. But in terms of their electronic patient record, I think analysts could think critically about their expertise of Epic and see if there are any improvements that could be made to support sustainability. And there's also looking at the data we have in that and any documentation, how can that be used? Could it be used for any other sustainability initiatives? That's a really good point, Johanna. Thank you for that. Nicola, when we're talking about clinicians and how they can have more open conversations around air quality with their patients, do you have any recommendations of resources to help build confidence around that? Yeah, I think we've got lots of resources now in the hospital. So even from a sustainability background perspective, we worked really hard with Aim High Earth. They were really supportive and gave us a whole program of training that we've now still got easy access to. And that was brilliant. That took you through all sorts of sustainability topics and is on our digital learning platform. And then we've also got learning around this on that platform, specifically on air pollution. And also we've got students doing amazing projects now. And, and one recent student did a project teaching us all about indoor air pollution. And we've got that training. So we're constantly building on these resources so they can link in with any of those things. And I would also encourage them to come join us when we do Play Street in September, I think it is. And come and have those conversations with patients, do it when other staff are around to support them, but also ask loads of questions themselves. This is a relatively new topic to most clinicians. It's not something that until now would have been in, in their training. And when I say clinicians, I really mean medics, AHPs, nurses, we've all got to take that on board. And for anybody listening who may be already a patient at a hospital or may feel like they're experiencing health issues around air pollution, what would you recommend for them to do? There are some great resources out there. So places like Clean Air Hub. So if they just look online for that, most local councils will have a strategy around it. You can get information from the Met Office on a daily basis around the pollution levels and where the alerts are. I would also say if you're concerned, I mean, most of our first ports, of course, are GP and it's perfectly reasonable to ask them questions. They probably will have resources to share with you. If not, most of them will go away and find out and come back to you. Also, if you've got young children, a lot of schools have asthma nurses attached to them or at least that they can link in with. And I think certainly if I had a child that had an exacerbation of asthma, I'd be seeking help and asking lots of questions around that. Thank you both for joining us today. It's been a really, really interesting conversation. Really great to have you both. Thanks so much, Charlotte. Yeah, thank you, Charlotte. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the second series of Gosh Pods Goes Green. We hope that over the last eight weeks, you've learned a bit more about exactly how air pollution impacts our health and why it's important that we as healthcare professionals care about it and advocate for our patients. Listen out for our third series of Gosh Pods Goes Green, arriving on your devices later this year. The team at the Gosh Learning Academy would love to get your feedback on the episode. 
as well as hear your suggestions for future topics you'd like to hear on Goshpods. You can find a link to the feedback survey in the description for the episode. If you want to hear more about the work of the Gosh Learning Academy, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Or you can visit our website at www.gosh.nhs.uk and search Learning Academy. Thanks for listening to Gosh Pods and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.